Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for another spoiler-free review as we're plugging through the fall season before everything shuts down again and No Time to Die gets delayed for another two years. Uh, We're getting dangerously close to No Time to Die, so I shouldn't jinx us. That's not funny. We're not talking about No Time to Die yet. Uh, We're talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the other most anticipated sequel of the fall season, how many people have just been counting down the hours for Venom, Let There Be Carnage? I know I'm one of them, uh, after the brilliant first Venom movie we had. Uh, but uh, they made a sequel, and it's got Woody Harrelson in it, and I guess that's all that matters. My name is Colin, and... Oh, I know this one. It's a tree. Was that in the movie? Yes! Okay, I don't remember. My name is Jamie, and my diet consists of chocolate and chicken brains. Yeah, well, you couldn't come up with something from the movie, apparently. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let me get your initial... We, we we talked about this briefly off-air, but let me get your initial reaction to Venom, Let There Be Carnage. What did you think of it? Um, I thought it was really good, but I, I wish that the story was a little bit deeper. Um, I, I feel like... Uh, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I feel like it was just really weak as in, like... You didn't really care about what was going on, if that makes sense. No, like, like Woody Harrelson was great, and, you know, um, Tom Hardy was great, but... <sighs> the story, you just didn't really care. Let's be honest, this you, is... You don't get invested into the characters. Does well, that make well, sense? So... Yes and no. I mean, let's be honest. This is Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the sequel to the astoundingly bad first Venom movie, so I don't know how high my expectations were for characters or investment or anything. I thought the first one was okay. All right, so I'm just going to go back. It was just okay. I'm going to go back a week, though, okay? And then I'm going to go back about three years to when the first Venom movie came out. So going back a week, we just reviewed Malignant, James Wan's new horror film, and you did what with that movie? No, I bought it. Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, you bought that movie. A week, people heard this episode a couple of days ago. We watched it a week ago today. You bought Malignant. Um, less than a week later, this you're morning, having a, this, this morning. morning. You're having a conversation with me where you say, "Yeah, man, that man, that movie was crap, wasn't it?" <laughs> well, you didn't go that far, but you're like, "Yeah, the Malignant movie that wasn't very good, was it?" And I'm like, "Jamie, you bought it seven days ago." <laughs> Oh my god, I know. That's typical Jamie. She'll buy anything, <laughs> and then a week passes and she has buyer's remorse. 
Uh, but I don't know. We'll, we'll find out if you buy Venom. <laughs> Let's uh, see. Now, going back even further than that, oh, I think it was three years ago when the first Venom came out. Uh, we saw it. And you did something you've actually done on several occasions with me. Where we, we don't really talk throughout the course of the movie. And then the movie ends. And you said to me your exact words. You got to admit, that was a pretty good movie. And my response was, no, I don't have to admit that because it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> I'm always like super positive. You're way too positive. And then I regret it later. Yeah, well, I've, it's taken three years, and now you're admitting the first Venom sucked. Uh, here's my take on Venom. I, 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 I'm going to be a little bit more descriptive than I was to you when we were off air. Uh, what I said to you was that this is significantly better. It's considerably better than the first Venom movie. Now... Let me say along with that, this is considerably better than the first Venom movie, the same way that Iron Man 3 is considerably better than Iron Man 2. Both movies suck. (laughs) Iron Man 3, not a good movie. It is just light years ahead of Iron Man 2. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, not a good movie. It is just light years ahead of Venom 1, if that makes any sense. I understand where you're going. I think, uh, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think the thing that I I wish... um they kind of had going for the movie as I mentioned when we were in theater is just that I, I wish that they had more of a backstory of the symbiotes and stuff that would that would be cool okay well I also don't remember the first Venom like I have we, we were talking about this not even 10 minutes ago about how good my memory is that I can remember everything um not photographic memory but similar uh and yet I have very little recollection of the first Venom movie as far as what the story goes. So I can't remember if they actually set up the symbiotes, if, if there was a lot of explanation behind it. I remember things in the movie that were good. I remember the, the whole final act of the movie vividly, which was a complete mess. Uh, but I don't remember they, as much they, about the first one. They didn't explain it much. It was basically just that it was like, you know, the like a... Um a comet or whatever that fell to earth yeah but like that that's just sort of as a testament to how bad the first venom movie is it's that even me with a great memory it is so forgettable uh but but they drop nuggets in this movie again like i won't say like what they are necessarily but they drop some nuggets in this movie like um you know they're they're saying different things um about like the symbiotes uh like there's two things that were mentioned towards the end of the movie that you'll see when you watch it um when they're um when they're in kind of the final fight scene you'll you'll kind of see that um but they don't really explain it that much it's kind of just like a throwaway thing so that's kind of a little disappointing i wish that they would have explored those a little bit more Uh, another interesting thing about this movie is that uh with a lot of sequels, you don't need that reminder of the first movie. They don't need to give you all this exposition to set everything up and and these these callbacks to, oh, and like in the first movie, or even flashbacks in some cases. Uh, movies that don't feel the need to do that are movies that everybody has seen and everybody loved, you know? There's no need to remind you of The Fellowship of the Ring when you see Two Towers because everybody saw it probably a million times. I don't think there are any fans of the first Venom movie out there who are so diehard that they remember the first Venom movie. This movie drops you in as if you're supposed to remember everything from the first Venom movie. The character's like, it just just picks up, and every once in a while they're like, oh yeah, and remember that thing with the aliens and the heads coming off? Yeah, that was interesting. There is no backstory given to even the first movie to remind you of this is what happened in the first movie. 
Um, I remember the characters though, and I have a really crappy memory. I'm 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 talking just about the way this movie presents itself. Like it but just starts. It's it's it hits the ground running. We're dropping you into the first scene. The plot's already going. We're not going to remind you about the first movie. We're just going to assume you remember how Eddie and Venom interact. Yeah, but to be honest with you, I didn't really feel like it mattered that much, though, because, again, the story the story wasn't really that deep. And Tom Hardy is a credited writer on this movie. I find it so bizarre that Tom Hardy, who is such a respected actor, who, who takes very serious roles a lot of the times, so and when he does do things that are a little bit more fun, it's maybe something like Inception, you know, a thinking fun movie. Uh, there was the movie who played twin brothers of himself, which also was not well-reviewed, but still, it's it's a slightly more intelligent movie. What's weird about Venom to me is that he was cast as Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad, the first Suicide Squad movie. And he dropped out before that movie was made, mostly because he was doing Venom instead. Uh, now, it's so weird to me that Tom Hardy, an actor who's so respected and who's usually pretty picky with his movie choices would not only do the first Venom, but say, I'm going to do the second Venom, and I want to help you write the script. Well, maybe he wanted to try to see um, the movie his way. I don't know. <laughs> his vision, and, and what we got was Let There Be Carnage. Uh, a, a, a couple of other things I want to touch on here. Do you, feel, do you feel like, though, do you feel like with with the whole Carnage thing, and every, this isn't a spoiler, everybody knows that Carnage is the red Venom. everybody knows that but do you feel like this movie like with venom let there be carnage that it was just like hey we just need an excuse to be able to use the red guy uh well not sort of i i i feel like they knew that the first movie even when they made it were just setting up the venom character they probably always wanted to do carnage it's just a selling feature i doubt that they said this is what the story demands it's the same reason why with the first Fantastic Four movie, the logical step was let's do Silver Surfer with the second one, right? Uh, we have something else we could sell this movie on. But they did set this up. I don't know if you remember that at all. They set up Carnage in the post credit scene in the first movie. They not only set up Carnage in the post credit scene in the first movie, but you saw Woody Harrelson. So when the first Venom movie came out and you watched that post credit scene or mid credit scene, whatever it was, you're not only getting, we're getting Carnage in the next movie, but they had signed Woody Harrelson. So they had plans from the beginning, even when they made the first Venom movie, this is where we're going. That's what people expect. There's only so far you can go with Venom as a hero in a superhero movie uh, without doing something that people are really going to want to see like Carnage. So it was logical they did this. Getting Woody Harrelson was brilliant though. I mean, Woody Harrelson's one of these guys, I'm not going to say he's like Tom Hardy. I mean, he can go out there and do a really classy, respectable, dramatic role but he likes to do fun things. I mean, when Woody Harrelson was at, obviously he started on Cheers. That's just goofy. He was probably the goofiest character on that show. Uh, but he he got a big movie career, probably at a time when TV actors had, I, I'm going to guarantee at a time where TV actors had no careers. You know, it would be more than a decade after that before uh, anybody from a TV show would develop a movie career. And Woody Harrelson had White Man Can't Jump, which was one of my all-time favorite movies. He had Indecent Proposal. Um, these are movies that were monster hits while he was still on Cheers. But he was a respectable actor. He did The People versus Larry Flint, which I don't think he got an Oscar nomination for, but he probably should have. Uh, so he's doing these movies. and then- you're, you're just like, you're just like, look at these actors that are so respectable and look at them putting themselves on the gutter making this 
bloody no, awful no, movie. No, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this movie. But at the same time where Cheers has ended, and he already was an established, probably the most established movie star to ever come out of a TV show in history at that point. He had a movie career before Cheers ended, and that that typically people wouldn't have movie careers even after their TV shows ended. Well, lots of people from Cheers actually were successful, though. Hey, that was yeah. Let's 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 talk about that. Well, there was Christy Alley. There was that guy, well, the main guy. What was his name? Sam something. His name, his real name was Sam something. Sam Ted Danson. Sam, oh, that's. His but but name. again, Christy Alley, Ted Danson, their biggest successes even outside of Cheers has still come in television. Woody Harrelson. The only TV show he's done since Cheers was True Detective. And True Detective, at the time it came out, and probably even still to this day, is one of the most cinematic TV shows ever. Like, they developed that show to be, I can't believe that they're making a TV show that looks like a movie. You know, Matthew McConaughey did that. So, a little bit different. But oh, yeah. but back to what I was saying. Woody Harrelson was a very respected actor, very successful movie actor, dramatic movie actor. And he did Kingpin. 25 years ago kingpin is as dopey <laughs> out there as it gets so it doesn't surprise me that woody harrelson would want to do something like this and he's definitely hamming it up i mean as much as tom hardy hams it up in these movies woody harrelson's like a completely different level like he is embracing the campiness of this movie he is embracing being over the top and outrageous and i love that because it's one of the things he does really well oh it's my turn now now i don't know what to say I was just thinking about Kirstie Alley still. <laughs> Stop trying to make Kirstie Alley a thing. What is it with you and Ben and Kirstie Alley? I was just wondering, wasn't wasn't she famous too for like dieting? Jenny Craig or something like that? Yeah, I think long after that. Uh, we, we should also say she had the Look Who's Talking movies when she was on the air. Yeah, but that's, that's what I was talking about. Okay, but that's all she had though. I, I, the difference with Woody Harrelson is he had White Man Can't Jump. He had Indecent Proposal. Like He had a lot of things going on while he was still on Cheers. It wasn't like... Kirstie Alley, I mean, Look Who's Talking comes out in like 89. By 1993, she's just cranking out more Look Who's Talking movies and they're just getting less and less respected. Back to the movie, though, now. Now that you've distracted us. Um, (laughs) No, that's my job. My apologies. That's my job. Uh, You have to agree with me, though, that obviously they kind of had some plan for a second movie like we were just talking about because the post-credit scene with Woody Harrelson, you saw him. Yeah. So they obviously knew that that was going to be a thing and kind of where they were going, even if they didn't 100% write the script yet. Don't you think that they could have actually had just two better movies? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's kind of the point. I mean, Tom Hardy's involved as a writer on this movie. And yet, it is really no different. Here are the differences with the first movie and this one, okay? This one has a good villain. The first one had a terrible villain. This one has some decent action sequences. The first one had no good action sequences. Biggest difference is, in the first one, Tom Hardy was a joke. I mean, Venom is supposed to be a little bit kind of outrageously funny, but I don't know if Eddie Brock is supposed to be as outrageously funny. Tom Hardy acted the first movie like he was Jim Carrey in The Mask. And in this movie, he pulled himself back. He's playing a little bit more of a straight character. He's still very over the top. He's still hamming it up. But what I think really works about this is that there's a more balance. Like, Tom Hardy doesn't feel out of place in this movie as Eddie Brock. They, and part of that is because, unlike the first movie, I mean, th- this is essentially a buddy comedy, you know? It- it's Eddie and Venom. Uh, and you have so many scenes where Tom Hardy is literally just talking to himself. Sometimes you actually see Venom physically manifested in the movie. But a lot of times, 
It's just Tom Hardy standing in the middle of a room, you know, looking agitated, talking to himself, and then you hear the voice in the background. And I feel like he was at least a little bit, a little bit less of a Jim Carrey in the mask in this movie, and a little bit more believable as this this conflicted guy. So his performance, huge improvement of the first movie, because I actually feel like in the first Venom. Tom Hardy was one of the biggest problems with that movie. And I like Tom Hardy, but he he was not good in the first Venom movie. This um, thing that we were just talking about with the, no, like the post credit scene with Woody Harrelson. The first movie. So they show the, and how it happens. I don't remember. I just remember them showing him and they, they alluded towards it was going to be Carnage. Okay, so they didn't confirm. So I, I can't do spoilers or whatever anyway. Well, it's spoiler for the first one, but anyways, you're you're really. F- Thank you for t- coming to the Oz Network today to enjoy our review on the post credit scene of Venom One. No, okay, but I was just gonna say, like, with how he turns into to Carnage in this movie. Yeah, the transformation's yeah. great. Are, but are you are you happy with how they handled that? <laughs> you just keep doing the bite. Yeah, he has teeth. We get it. Um, no, I, I I actually feel like like, Car- like how he got like infected. It's yeah, it's okay. Um, like I think the carnage is fairly close to the comic books in this movie, but I, I, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into the problems with this movie. But uh, they maybe could have made a bigger deal out of his transformation. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that for a movie that hits the ground running, like I said, they just jump right into it. They do take their time in getting him to be carnage, but I feel like that helps because Woody Harrelson gets to develop a character. And you don't just have a giant red monster. Because you know where my mind goes first? What? With Eddie, if he's like having sex with his girlfriend. Does... Which he doesn't have one in this movie. No, no. Well, okay. The, he, he totally wants that girl or whatever. But it doesn't have to be her. He oh, have... wait, just wait till we talk about her. He can, he can have sex with anyone. But... He can have sex with Carnage. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe that bumps this movie up a little bit. Maybe it goes from a rent to a buy. Okay, anyways. But... If he has sex with somebody, is he going to infect them with this symbiote or whatever? Because, again, like, he infected somebody else by having somebody bite him. So, I mean, if your genitals is, like, going inside of somebody else, like, are you going to infect them? And then if he gets somebody else pregnant, is it going to be, like, a half-human, half-symbiote baby? Like, like what's what's going to happen? You're already planning the third film, which is all all set up to be like, oh, this this is this is about... STDs in the modern world. <laughs> You're looking at the intelligent road of let's draw parallels to the AIDS crisis of the 80s. No, Colin. Well, that's basically what you described. So my apologies. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, how this is supposed to. Sorry, look. You're, sorry. I- I'm giving you more credit than you deserve. You're just thinking about superheroes having sex, like you think about the Hulk having sex and Superman having sex. We have had this conversation in almost every superhero film we've watched. You know what? <laughs> There's. There's a song that kind of describes me. It's a corn song, and it's called Adidas. Do you know what the song stands for? No. All day I dream about sex. Okay. That's how the song goes. That's the lyrics. That's me. All right. Um, so <laughs> you're just like sitting there so awkwardly. Yeah, I mean, we we went from we're here to review the post credit scene in the first movie to we're here to review I mean, Jamie's was, sex dreams. You know what's so funny is people's like, I can't believe Colin has kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> okay, a couple of things to talk about here. Now, first of all, can we both agree Woody Harrelson is the best thing in this movie? Don't pause. There are certain rules in this house. 
Well, there, there's a there's a few things. You cannot knock Liam Neeson in this house. You're not supposed to be able to knock Pierce Brosnan. You're not supposed to be able to knock Sean Bean. You you occasionally knock Pierce Brosnan. You occasionally knock Sean Bean. The other golden boys are Liam Neeson and Woody Harrelson. Don't you say something bad about Woody? That's one of my heroes. I I'm not saying he was bad. He was very good. But I think Venom's my favorite. Oh, come on. Woody Harrelson. I, I love Venom. But Woody, okay, just Woody Harrelson in general. I love Venom. Oh, Woody Harrelson is here in this city right now. He is filming here in Winnipeg, his next big movie, a big sports movie that's going to be coming out. He's here in this city. You said you're not allowed to stalk him. Or I think you asked, are you going to stalk well, him? Why don't you tag him and see if he'll do an interview with us in person? <laughs> well, I, I just feel blessed that I, I named off four people here. Pierce Brosnan, Sean Bean, Liam Neeson, and Woody Harrelson. And two of those people have filmed here in Winnipeg in the last two years. And you know, when when he's like kissing his girlfriend in the movie too, and he has like his tongue down her throat, like does he infect her? I, I don't know. But let's, let's, let's talk about it for a second. His girlfriend in this movie, an actor that I sort of was looking there at time, like she kind of reminds me of Naomi Harris. It wasn't until the end credits that I realized that is Naomi Harris. What is Naomi, Naomi Harris doing in this movie? Yeah, she, well, I didn't even recognize her until you told, told me that she was in Bond. Yeah, that's Money Penny. So we're going to see back-to-back Naomi Harris movies. That's fantastic. But l- let's look at the main cast of this movie, okay? I don't know if Tom Hardy's ever been nominated for an Oscar, but he's one of these actors that people... Okay, if he's not going to be, he's going to be one day, right? You have Woody Harrelson. He's been nominated for an Oscar before. You have Naomi Harris. I think she's been nominated for two Oscars. Uh, Michelle Williams, who plays the girlfriend, if you want to call her, ex-girlfriend in this movie, been nominated for three Academy Awards. How did they get this Oscar-winning, Oscar-nominated cast to do Venom Let There Be Carnage? How does that happen? Um, People need jobs. It's the pandemic. Well, I, I actually wonder about that because let's talk about Michelle Williams for a second. She had a major role in the first movie and, and signing her to do the first Venom movie as the, the, the female lead was almost their way of lending credibility to the first Venom movie because she'd been nominated for three Academy Awards and then she did Venom. What is the purpose of her being in this movie? Um, I can't say because then I'm going to spoil the movie. No, but it wouldn't really spoil them. We're not going to say it because we don't want to spoil. She does one thing in this movie and it's basically, oh yeah, we have her under contract for a trilogy. We better do something with her. You could cut her up from this movie entirely. And I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I mean, her role is essentially the same role we see in every superhero film, you know, but this movie is a hundred percent Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy's buddy comedy with Woody Harrelson as the over-the-top villain, you could have cut her from this movie entirely. And I wonder why she, like, unless she literally is like, I'm under contract, I have to do this movie. What is she doing in this movie? What is Naomi Harris doing in this movie? Naomi Harris has fun, but what are they doing signing on to these movies? They're actors who demand very, very classy projects. Yeah, I don't know, man. Do you know what I actually felt like this movie was to me? What? (laughs) I felt like this movie was a visual manifestation of what it's like to be on cocaine. <laughs> you know, it's funny because at first I was like, what the? And then I thought I was like, well, you know, maybe. I mean, M- Malignant was something completely different. That, that's not even, you know, they're I, high on I, something. I, that, that's. I think that's like you did shrooms or something. Though. I, I, don't, I don't even know. But like, I, I can imagine that there are people who probably are going into Venom, Let There Be Carnage, high on cocaine, 
And like, this is the movie I've been waiting for my entire life. Like, this looks like it's a movie. The movie itself is on cocaine. Like, it is so, it is so aggressive. It is so over the top. It is so high strung and energetic and not necessarily in a good way. I felt like there were times in this movie, it's, it, the movie the, breezes the by. It lacks focus, though. You said that. Well, it not only lacks focus, but the movie's just like, hey, how are you? This is the Venom movie. Let there be carnage. And there's Woody Harrelson and I'm Tom Hardy. Like, that's basically the movie. Like, the movie is almost too much. And even the first Venom movie felt a lot tamer than this in ways. It is not. It is not a quiet movie. It is not a calm movie. This is the type of movie that maybe maybe you could go into this at least high on caffeine, have about six Red Bulls, and you, you you'll feel at home watching it. But to me, I felt exhausted watching this. Yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but you know with. As I was saying, even in the beginning, it's just that the story isn't really that deep. I mean, I still enjoyed it because I love Venom, and I I love Venom even before the the movies came out. Um, but I just wish that the story was a little bit more well thought out, that it was deeper. But I I, I feel like they kind of just are like, hey, let's. It's like twenty minutes. I'm like, hey, let's do all this funny crap of like it, him destroying the apartment. And it's talk, the mask blah, 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 and everything, and so it's like that's fun stuff to see. But I feel like that was literally like half the movie. Yeah, well, that's the movie being a little bit too aggressive. But at the same time, in all fairness, I feel like they are going for this is our niche. This is what we're, we are. This type of movie, and we're going to be unapologetic about it. Um, I kind of get it, like with Deadpool, right? Well, I mean, Deadpool's definitely a little bit smarter and cleverer than this, but... But I'm saying for the niche part. Yeah, like, we are going for our own genre. We're not going to try to be anything else. This movie feels dated. Like, to me, I, I sort of walked out of this thinking, if this were 2001 or 2002, and this were one of the few superhero movies that existed, I'd feel like this is average. You know, it's okay. It's not Daredevil bad. Uh, it's not Spider-Man or X-Men good. This would be a decent superhero movie for 2001. It almost feels out of place, but weird thing I, I just realized that I would compare this to, the Fast and Furious movies. Fast and Furious movies, they don't care that it's dumb. They're like, we don't care about plot. We're just going to do something completely ridiculous. We're just going to go for broke. We're going to have fun. We're going to all be, you know, snorting cocaine the entire time we're filming this movie. Uh, and this is just what we're going for. We don't care about high-quality entertainment. We don't care about being intelligent. We're just making a dumb, outrageous comic movie. And if that's what they're going for, now we're two movies in, and I'm thinking that's what they're going for, then more power to them. I mean, I think there's an, enough superhero movies out there that are all the same at this point because they're all trying to be the Marvel movie. Like, or they're like all the next big epic. Well, yeah, they're they're all trying to be you know, the Avengers or Captain America Civil War. And really, most of the Marvel movies just feel the same now. Yeah. DC, how many times are we going to get? This is the next Dark Knight. I mean, Venom is simply saying, it's going to be a throwback. We're going to do just a dumb superhero movie. It's all about entertainment. This feels like a movie that belongs in the 90s, belongs in the early 2000s. And that's what they're going for. And then fine. If that's what they're going for, then I think they accomplished their goal. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, actually. <laughs> you said that all surprised. Well, like... I like to fight and, and just argue, but I kind of agree with you. You are an argumentative person. 
Yeah, well, so are you. We're both Aries. I know, but I usually win the arguments. Yeah, but, but you see, you're, you're Aries Pisces cusp, so you actually are, are a little bit more emotionally sensitive to other people where you're nicer than me. <laughs> so, yeah, usually I argue just to be a jerk. You're actually nicer. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you don't disagree. Thank, thank you for listening to Couples Therapy here uh, on the Oz Network. Uh, I don't know how much else we want to cover. We should say there is a post-credits, mid-credit scene or whatever. This is the must-see mid-credit scene. I'm going to say of any... It was, it was good. Of any superhero movie of the last, let's say, at least two, two and a half years, this is the mid-credit scene you have to see. Like, if the first Venom movie really surprised people with like, oh, now I'm excited. Because I finished the first Venom movie. As you said, the movie finished, and you were like, you got to admit, that was pretty good. And I'm like, no! And then the mid-credit scene hit, and I'm like, well, I'm there for the sequel. And that's what we're here on opening night seeing Venom Let There Be Carnage all because of a post credit scene where I'm like, I don't care if that movie sucked. I'm seeing the next one. They've done the same thing again somehow. Yeah. 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 It was really interesting, actually. I liked yeah. it. Um, uh, anything else you want to talk about with Let There Be Carnage? I don't think so. I think I touched on everything. I'm exhausted just from trying to review this movie. This is two weeks in a row where we're reviewing movies where I'm just like, what was this movie? Uh, but this one I definitely prefer over Malignant. Uh, are you going to buy it, rent it, or bin it? I'll at least rent it. I learned my lesson from Malignant. <laughs> so so really, if, if you hadn't had that conversation with me today where you said, yeah, Malignant wasn't very good, and I reminded you a week ago you bought this, you're, if I hadn't reminded you of that and, and made you self-aware enough to realize that you buy things on impulse and regret it a week later, would you have probably walked out of the saying, I'd buy it. Well, I probably, I probably would actually want to own it because I love Venom, but it's not a great movie. <laughs> Thank you. It's not a great movie. Like it's, it's a movie that I wouldn't pay full price for. Like, if if it was $20, that would be too much. But if it went on sale for maybe like 11 or $12, that would be the max I'd spend. Well, I think the most important thing to say about this, see, I'm going to rent it. I definitely would have binned the first one. This is almost a bin-worthy movie, but Woody Harrelson makes it good, and Tom Hardy makes it better than the first movie because he learned his lesson from not trying to be Jim Carrey the first time around. Uh, and there are genuinely fun scenes in this movie, um, but it's nothing special. I mean, this is definitely not higher than a rent, no matter what. Who, who, no matter who's watched this movie. I doubt many people are going to be like, I am definitely buying that movie. That was the movie of the century. Except maybe if it was your nephews because they're always like, that's the best movie I've ever seen. I love that you're criticizing my nephews <laughs> because... You're literally the same way. You did I. You did a review of... I'd love to go back over the episode. You did a review of the Tom Cruise mummy movie that came out, which I liked more than most people did. But you said that. the entire. You spent the entire review saying, this movie wasn't good. And then I said, are you going to buy it right into your being? You're like, you know, I'd probably buy it. You're the exact same way. He He's nice to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll agree. Yeah. Gay sex with Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> Uh, GSWTC but let me just comment one more thing we were talking about during this movie about Tom Hardy Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna be talking about Bond next week we'll mention that in a second Uh, but all these people a year ago who said Tom Hardy's gonna be James Bond if if you're still buying into that go back and look at the, the 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 website that broke the news it was a Star Trek fan blog that had something like 100 followers and they came up with some fabricated story, and then it blew up on the internet, and everybody believed it. But there's he, he's there's, got too much of a chip on his shoulder to play James Bond. Well, even aside from the personality, let me just say this: Tom Hardy's looking old. 
Yeah, but he's still hot. I, I know you say that, but we were watching this movie. And I'm like, Tom Hardy's a couple years older than I am. He literally looks like he could be my dad. He looks older than Woody Harrelson in this movie. Well, if he looks like if he looks like he's like 50, then of course he looks like he could be your dad. Okay, but he's not 50, so that's what I'm saying. He's looking. He looks too old to be Bond. So no, he is not going to be James Bond. And it was never a real story in the first place. Everybody in the world bought into it because. They didn't bother to check. I'm reading a Star Trek fan blog with 100 followers. Uh, anyways, now let's talk about Bond. I, I vote for Henry Cavill for the next one. Well, that's not what the episode is. Oh. No time to die. This I, I'm, is... I'm just thinking about hot men. Sorry. <laughs> and, and come on, we're going to have Daniel Craig next week. He's definitely... He still looks younger than Tom Hardy, but... Um... <laughs> I wonder if we invite him in, if he'll join us. What? <laughs> you, you wouldn't think that's fun? What? Are we talking about for the episode? <laughs> sure. Okay, for the episode, maybe. But if you're going where I think you're going, no. I didn't say anything. Uh, um, you you insinuated that. I didn't. I didn't insinuate anything, Jamie. People saw the look on your face. Uh, no Time to Die. This is the big movie. This is the movie. If anybody else has listened to our other podcasts, they know we have Double Oz 7, which precedes the Oz Network. Uh, but... That is our James Bond podcast. That is what we put so many hours into, mostly when Noah's on because he's very talkative. Uh, but we're going to be doing that next week. Especially when he shows up drunk. <laughs> well, Noah always shows up drunk. That's the, the, the trick there. Now, sadly, Ben won't be here. If he's listening to this episode, he's going to be very uh, upset that I'm even mentioning this. But it's been delayed in Australia, so he's not going to see it for several weeks. Noah has actually already seen No Time to Die because it's been released in Korea. Uh, we're seeing No Time to Die in only a couple of days. Six days. I, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am. I'm probably not going to sleep the night before. Uh, I'm probably not going to sleep that night. We're going to be bringing... Double uh, 7 is our James Bond podcast. We're actually going to be recording a review. We're going to be cross-releasing this. You'll be hearing it on the Oz Network and on Double 7. We're going to do a spoiler-free review. We're going to do a spoiler review once Ben can finally see it in another month. Uh, but No Time to Die, way more exciting. I'm, Let There Be Carnage could have been the greatest movie I've ever seen, and I still would be more excited for No Time to Die. Two things. Number one, you said you're not going to sleep. You're not going to sleep anyways, just because that's our life. <laughs> we have children, yes. Never sleep. We have our children, I'm sure. The, the, the sad thing is, is I always say, oh, it's because we have children. I know many people with just as many children as we do, and the same ages, and they sleep. We don't sleep. We have the worst children. <laughs> and number two... It's actually really disturbing how you said we're talking about Ben just now. Because <laughs> you're talking about the James Bond thing and you're like, and he won't be here. Like, as if someone's going to kill him or something. <laughs> well, if, don't, don't, don't jinx him. You guys know how you kill James Bond. I know. If, if anybody out here has listened to 007, they know we have a bad track record with that. So, uh, Ben, I hope you're ben, still here a week from now. Ben won't be here. He's no longer with us. <laughs> we're gathered here today to bid farewell to our dearly departed co-host Ben Waterworth and give you a spoiler-free review of No Time to Die. Okay. Alright, so No Time to Die, that's more exciting than what we just saw, which is Ben Let There Be Carnage. Um, thank you, everybody. Uh, make sure to listen to us next week and then all the other episodes we have coming in between. My name is Colin, and um, I do not Adidas. My name is Jamie, and I do Adidas. <laughs> Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.